If you want your project to look and sound better, bring it to the team that cares about your project, alphadogs.tv. When we last left our heroes, they were locked into a terribly important discussion. Let's drop in on them again as they plot the future. Now from the Top Dog's Kennel in beautiful downtown Burbank, it's the Terrence and Philip Show. Well, thank you, Gary. Welcome to the Terrence and Philip Show. I'm Philip Hodgetts. And I'm Terrence Curran. Four years ago. Four years ago on the 21st of June was the infamous, now famous, infamous release of Final Cut Pro X. Ah, uh, yeah. It a was, game changer. Well, it was disruptive. Yeah. And that leads me to, to want to raise the question is how do we deal with these sorts of disruptions to our professional and business lives? That's a good question. I mean, I, it varies between uh, people and business models and whatnot. But if you, you know, the bottom line is if you can't adapt, you're toast. Exactly. And that's been a, an issue for a lot of companies and a lot of people over the years. I remember somebody being told about somebody who complained that they, were never, they never really understood um, computer-based editing, so that they were sticking with the tried-and-true methods. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last, last I heard of him was working as a janitor in a college. Wow. Because there was no more work in Australia for somebody who didn't adapt. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's that. If you don't adapt, you go out of business. I mean... The moment they previewed Final Cut Pro X at the Supermeet in, in April 2011, our software business, which at that point was half our income, just evaporated overnight. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't like we had months of runway ahead of us. We were essentially living month to month. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine how challenging that, that was. Yeah. Slightly, <laughs> slightly terrifying? Slightly terrifying, yes. Um, you know, two months later, we did have trouble making rent as a consequence. We were a couple of days late. But you've got to roll with those punches. Right. No, it wasn't anything that Apple did intentionally. Previewing well, not, the, not to you. No, not to us. I mean, no. they, did, they released Final Cut Pro X fairly intentionally. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> but but the, the collateral damage was never intentional. Mm. And so we were kind of annoyed at all these people, all the editors who were complaining and moaning that their business was going to have to be disrupted sometime in the future as they decided which direction they would go in terms of editing platforms. Our business was disrupted overnight with no time to think about it or no way time to react or make decisions. Right. We had to do a number of, you know, whatever we could, right. including writing the Conquering Metadata book the last four days before it was released. Surprisingly, when you do these things, it's really odd how, how much influence something like that can happen, even though my primary motivation at the time was I had this idea for a book Mm-hmm. I was going to write it sometime. I might as well write it now because didn't I men- mention our business had been no disrupted? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some income from another source would be kind of a nice idea. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, when it came to Final Cut Pro 10, we found the, the opportunity for Event Manager 10 very quickly and released the first. Yeah, it didn't take you long to come up with that. That was uh, three weeks after Final Cut 10 was out. Yeah. Um, I, did, 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 was it other people were asking, or did you just kind of come across it yourself? Go, hey, what the heck? I mean, because you, you found a need. And fulfilled it. <laughs> but I mean, was that, did you just come up with that training to use Final Cut yourself or? Yeah, we were actually here. I think it might have even been recording a Terrence and Phillips show, uh, uh, maybe even the one about the release. But you mentioned how problematic it was. That, no, we had recognized the, the fact, the problem that That's stuff right. was always shown. Yeah. And then there was, I don't know, you came up with another idea. And I went, I actually went home, I was in Editor's Lounge. Okay. And I went home from that. Greg had been working on what eventually became Event Manager 10 Mm -hmm. for his own um, enjoyment, uh, for his own uh, purposes. And I said, 
that's great. Now we just need to add in this extra thing that and was probably saving sets, mm-hmm. and that that Terry suggested, and boom, and then we had we had uh, an app out even before uh, Apple follow Apple PR followed up with. So it's been three weeks or four weeks since the launch. How are you going? It's like, well, we've got our first app out. It's like, oh, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't rely on XML, which came much later. Right. And sort of all of our apps communicate with Final Cut 10 and mm-hmm. 7 and Premiere Pro and all of the other creative cloud apps via you know, XML of one kind or the other. But this isn't your first time adapting. I mean, if you think about oh. <laughs> you know, you've had major changes. Well, coming here, obviously, uh, to, to the U.S., that was a big change. But changing from uh, being a video production to being a training, and now... And then to, then to the then finding that the training stuff, for one reason or the other, the, the move to Final Cut 10, our platform didn't move as quickly as it could have. We lost momentum. So we actually went out of the training business at the end of 2007. The digital production bars filled, filled in the 2005 to sometime in 2007. And late 2007, when I sold it to Larry Jordan, mm-hmm. so and then we started into the software business. So yeah, intelligent assistance has been in three businesses yes. since <laughs> since we moved to the states. As I say, so that's adapting. Yeah, but if you don't adapt, we said earlier, if you don't adapt, you you die. I mean, right? But isn't Alpha Dogs was really a, a way of adapting to changes that you saw coming? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was a you know the, that industry, the big iron industry. As a matter of fact, one of the few remaining ones just went it's kind of going under right now modern which is oh, yeah. one of the big guys they uh, it was pretty interesting because the guy who owned modern moshe uh was always really good about you know having a well-rounded organization done on the cheap i mean he yeah. managed to just always you know pull the deal left and right uh, as far as getting the gear to do it and he did something totally out of character you know when you're talking about the change so the change is coming out well the change was hitting already and a lot of places were closing and so he decided to Double down. He borrowed thirty million dollars and <sighs> built that big facility up there by uh, you know in the Empire Center, uh, and you know they built it out to handle a lot of digital stuff. So they were one of the uh, providers for uh, um, iTunes. You know oh, yeah. you could do the packaging and QC yeah. and all that. So they they went that route. Apparently he wasn't making payments on that thirty million dollars he borrowed. So uh, so that didn't work so well. Uh, so the yeah the the uh, investors came in and grabbed it and decided they could run it better and ran basically chased off all the customers that were still there, and uh, now it's merging with uh, another one of the big post houses who's upside down. So it's it's two upside downs coming together in funny money stock exchange, and I don't know what's going to happen. And now Moshe's suing. He's like, hey, you can't take my company away. Well, mm. but that it, that whole model is you know as we both know ancient history. You can't if your model is built on renting out the high-cost gear and the gear is not high-cost anymore, well, you're out of business. Yeah, yeah. And that's the nice thing about business now as opposed to business at any time when I was in the production business. You mm-hmm. know? Even even if the relatively modest you know, level of the industry, you know, three-quarter inch, you still had to find a ton load of, of capital to get started. Exactly. If, particularly if you wanted to do, you know, a dissolve. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going from a cut two decks, two yeah. decks to a third two deck. source decks, yeah. two time based correctors, a yes. vision mix. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, um, and that was before you started putting in all the extras like monitors and scopes and these things that you know are pretty much go around it regardless. Well, even the offline, so called yeah. offline bays, you had two decks. You know, usually two three quarter inch yeah. decks, you know, and then you had, and, and you weren't doing dissolves, of course, it was all cuts, but you know, you and then you had, uh, you know, the computer to control it. So 
those were a couple hundred thousand dollars right there to do, you know, offline editing. Yeah, you'd le- until yeah. until it went yeah. nonlinear, until it got into the computer-based world. And even then, you know, we were paying sixty, hundred thousand for a setup in the early days, so it was yeah. still fairly capital intensive. Now. Oh yeah, I remember uh, when Matchroom bought their first uh, Symphony. They was the one of the first ones out here, and then it was like three hundred twenty thousand or something. Well, and which points out that there's another company that's happened yes. to adapt their business model <laughs> rather dramatically. Was yeah. you know, Avid was built on selling relatively few high priced yeah. units of with a lot of innovation. Yeah. And now they can't afford to do the innovation, and uh, well, we see where it's going. I don't know. Well, uh, they, they're still the best. They're still the most appropriate vendor for the big heavy iron and the, and the media enterprise. Yeah. Uh, the, yes, but so there, there you go. <laughs> when that goes away, when when broadcast goes away, which is bound to happen as more and more moves to you know internet distribution, uh, as the broadcast model goes away, we're you know then Abbott's done. I mean, what else? They're not really positioning themselves to be the guys you go to to edit a show for the internet. You know, if no. you're going to provide, Although if you're going to do I, your show on YouTube, you I would believe there was an announcement this year that they were going to chase after that two billion dollar business that they had been ignoring for the last twenty years. <laughs> a little late, a little late. I think. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, if you if you've got a choice, if you're going to be doing that, if you're going to be going, you know, putting a web series on YouTube, and you have a choice between Media Composer or the Creative Cloud Suite. Or uh, Final Cut 10, you know, I think Media Composer is on the bottom of that list. Just my personal guess. And Particularly since you're probably trying to find inexpensive talent to do the work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that inexpensive talent generally doesn't have a decade or more experience on a Media Composer. Mm-hmm. Media Composer is still the, the de facto choice for collaborative work groups in high-end production. Right. You know, nobody's going to argue argue that it's not the most appropriate choice in those circumstances. The fact that we get any business out of Final Cut Pro 10 or Premiere Pro into those markets is, and that's, those things are news. It's simply news because it's not Media Composer. It's not right. news because it's Final Cut 10 or, or Premiere Pro being used on a movie. It's news that it's not Media Composer. Right. So people uh, in the, the Avid community say, why doesn't Avid tell that it was used on this, that, they, that movie? <laughs> it's like, because there'd be a press release out every week right. and they yes. would lose their impact. Mm-hmm. Nobody would care because, yes, of course, you know, if you look at um, Post Magazine and their interviews, it's almost always yes. edited on Media Composer. Yes. I mean, yep. I don't know that I've read a Post Magazine story where the editorial was done on something other than Final Cut Pro Classic because a lot of, you know, five years ago, stuff was slipping in as being Final Cut 6 or 7 for a feature film. But these days, there are there are definitely feature films being made with Premiere Pro and with, with um, Final Cut Pro 10, but they're not. They're not the ones that they're not the majority, and it's a shrinking market. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, at a time when the overall editing video production marketplace is booming, not in film and television production, but mm-hmm. all these other uses for the the right. tools that we use, right? Which is becoming, uh, you know, as well as we've talked about in the past, the new language. Yes, it's just it's simply another form of literacy. Yeah, and that's where I think Apple have an advantage in that. You know, iMovie is now Final Cut Pro 10 Lite. Right. I- ironically, because Final Cut 10 was never really iMovie Pro. If if there was any antecedent to Final Cut Pro 10 technologically, it was probably iMovie on on iPad because that was the, that was also using AV Foundation and Core Media. Whereas uh, iMovie on um, iMovie Classic, iMovie 08, iMovie 09, the one that had skimming and mm-hmm. keyboard ranges and favorites, 
was really based on QuickTime. So not some yeah, but concepts. The, but the con- interface, the GUI, and that, that kind of co- well, I mean, so you can go from one to the other yeah, easily. Whereas yeah. you can't go from you know like it's the reason that a lot of Final Cut Seven people are going to Premiere is it's very similar for them. It you is. know, there's not a huge change to go to that. Whereas going to Media Composers is a little more difficult for them, and going to Final Cut Ten is completely alien. And so they go, okay, well, if I want if I want to go forward and stay as close to what I'm used to doing. It's Premiere. So yes. That's an interesting area on the subject that we're talking about is how do you adapt? And it's like, do you go for the complete new approach or uh, do you try to milk out what, you, you know, what you're used to? You don't have to learn a lot new to jump to Premiere from Final Cut 7. No, and, no. You know, we're starting, well, this the NAB, I mean, the uh, pre-NAB Editor's Lounge this year, you saw that the number of hands that went up. Yeah. You know, we always do a, a, a show of hands poll about what edit system you're using. And it's always been, you know, a lot of media composer, but years ago it was a lot of Final Cut 7. And uh, then it, that's been sort of dwindling off. But the amazing thing was there was never Premiere, maybe one mm. every couple of years or something like that. You, could, you know, we couldn't even find a Premiere editor to be on a panel when we tried. And this year, you know, the space of one year, um, there was at least 15 hands that went up on yeah. Premiere. It was amazing. I was like, wow, what just happened? So that well, was in one year. In part, Premiere stepped up its game yeah. over the last couple of releases to the point where it's lost the baggage that it had in the past and people are, <laughs> are giving it a fresh look and realizing that it's a really competent app. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different from Media Composer. It's different from Final Cut 7. It's different from Final Cut 10. But it's a, it's a really competent app. And I guess that's what we've been saying for a while is that there's no bad choices anymore. Right. No. They, I mean, and they have the advantage of you get the entire suite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. If you're, doing, if you're planning to go to the web, yeah. Why would you go with anybody else? You got everything else you need there. You know, you can author the web page. You can do the graphics. I mean, it's all everything is available in the suite. So it's kind of a you know they have. I think they're positioned the best as a tool set for that universe. Plus, they're cross platform. So you know what? You don't want to learn a Mac. You don't want to buy a new computer. Boom, you're fine. You can still use Creative Cloud. You know, as long yeah. as your computer's not too old. But yeah, and. and- then that's a very compelling offering, particularly if you are using multiple apps in the suite. Yeah. Now, if, you know, if, you're, if you're, like a lot of my old business in Australia was, largely based on After Effects. Yeah. And I was using a Media 100 largely to be an input-output front-end <laughs> for After Effects. Um, then Premiere Pro is absolutely the logical choice. Exactly. Because that dynamic link into the suite, while it's not absolutely perfect, mm-hmm. it still provides a, a lot better access than going from Final Cut 7 via Automatic Duck or Final Cut 10 via, you know, 10 to CC, the new name for our uh, 10 to 7 app. Um, Because people were using 10 to CC to go to Audition and go to After Effects as well as go to Premiere or Final Cut 7 and beyond. Mm -hmm. So there's clearly a group of people who want to go from Final Cut 10 to the Adobe world for... All those other things. Yeah, Yeah, because they're not there. And although Premiere Pro is not my personal preferred editing platform, we are still paying... Right, you've got it. Because, you know, yeah. because I, I have to use Photoshop, I have to use Illustrator, right. um, I have had to use Dreamweaver, and mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's not their finest moment, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and be, because the whole suite was there for me, when I was looking at what other, other options I had to remake the, the Lumberjack system website mm-hmm. in, well, Adobe Muse was right. there for me, I didn't have to go out and download a yeah. trial with its limitations, I just downloaded right. the app and... If it was already included in my subscription and you know, it's making all the arguments that Adobe are making for the whole subscription creative cloud idea, 
Yeah. In 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 that alone, and you know, I happen to like really really like Adobe Muse for the the type of website that that I was designing. Yeah, I think for probably for most people, there's one of those apps is what they're paying for the subscription. Oh, and you get the rest of them free if you need them. And you get the rest them. of them free, yeah. You know, whether it's Photoshop or After Effects, whatever you, the, your app is, you know. It's like a photographer now has Premiere Pro because yeah. he gets Photoshop, yeah. I mean, which he needs to use. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's, uh, I, you know, I think they're positioned the best overall as, as a creative tool, you know, for people who are, especially if you're just starting out, be like, okay, that, that makes sense because now I'll, I'll have everything that I need. Um, so they certainly have adapted. It's a long way yeah. from typesetting, uh, making fonts. Um, and they're adapting too in the way that they're bringing features from um, SpeedGrade yes. and from After Effects into, merging. into Premiere Pro. Yeah, merging. Infers to me that, that not a lot of the subscribers were really using After Effects and really right. using speed grade. Right. The, um, or they were going to, to After Effects or speed grade for very limited mm-hmm. uh, functionality, and that it was just easy to bring that functionality, tracking, titles, masking, mm-hmm. um, into Premiere Pro as the hub, as the thing that most production people want to use. Well, that's it exactly, because anytime you have to go to another application, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, that's the bottom line. It is just a pain. There's the, you know, besides the time and the opening of their application, the resources it's using, you know, then the actual going back and forth and what do you have to, you know, tweak to make sure everything works right coming back one way or another. Anything you can do in the app itself is great. I mean, that was what was so nice about the color corrector in the Symphony was, you know, it's right there and there's no going out, you know. Yeah, yeah. And had they kept the tools set up, we wouldn't even be looking at things like Resolve. But, you know, they didn't. And so now we go through the pain in the ass of round-tripping to Resolve, and soon it probably won't be a round-trip as Resolve's developing, or Blackmagic is developing out the tool set. There won't be a round-trip. It'll be a one-way trip. But I think that will hurt, that will hurt Media Composer and Premiere Pro um, more so than, than Final Cut 10, simply well, because it's, it's in the same metaphor set and same, same mindset as Premiere Pro, the you know, track-based metaphors mm-hmm. uh, and, and Media Composer. So I think Resolve is going to, uh, is going to um, compete in that space when, when they finish out the editorial tool oh, set. Oh, you mean as the edit- editor yeah. itself? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I, at one point, I, I have argued that I thought it was a, gr- a great move on Blackmagic's part mm-hmm. to, to make the reversion so powerful and so complete mm-hmm. that people who were coming into the industry who were experimenting would, would download free tools mm-hmm. and therefore become hooked into that. I'm not sure that that is really the way it's going to work because I'm not sure that the, the, the next generation, the people coming in the industry are coming in with, with the clarity of metaphor that people who've been working in, in these apps for a while have. There's a certain amount of technical background that you need to know to run Premiere Pro, run Resolve. Yes, yeah. yeah. For a simple, simple level, but... You know, when I was doing some comparison on Mac Pro between Premiere Pro and Final Cut 10, Final Cut 10 has a very simple but limited better performance or better quality. So it's just a simple switch between whether you're going to allow some quality degradation or frame drop in order to keep playback. Oh, you're going to playback, okay. Or whether whether you're going to have maximum quality and and reduce the amount of real time that you can do. Mm -hmm. All of which you can do in Premiere Pro. Mm-hmm. As long as you know that the way you get there is a pop-up menu of, of playback resolution. Right. Which if you set it back to a quarter or an eighth, of course, you're going to get a lot more real-time performance. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, you're not seeing a full 4K on the screen that you're editing with anyway. So that it doesn't make a problem. But you have to know that little bit of extra knowledge that, that the way we get increased performance is by dropping resolution. Not, you know, that, that would make for a newbie that isn't obvious. Right, because they don't have an auto 
on yeah. it. Does no, Final Cut does that automatically? Or? Well, you have to choose better performance or better quality. And then it auto-throttles or it, it does, does whatever? Okay. It does everything behind the scenes right. of that, whereas you have more control in Premiere Pro. Mm-hmm. You have a simpler understanding in Final Cut Pro Ten, And that's when you're talking about people whose primary day job isn't only editing or isn't only production. Right, yes. I mean, it's definitely easier to get into if you're starting from scratch. Uh, but for somebody shifting over who's worked in the track-based world on a Final Cut 10 is just... It's a difficult transition. It is, it is. Because it's a different way of operating and, and uh, editing and whatnot. So, yeah, I guess it depends. But there's also, you know, there's limitations on the platforms available. Um, I think if and when we see Final Cut 10 on an iPad or an iPhone, maybe it'll make even bigger inroads. But, you know, for a newbie, if they're not on a Mac, they don't have access to that. So it's not even an option. So um, whereas, you know, again, Creative Cloud, Avid, they can be anywhere. I don't think Avid's a good introductory, you know, you have to want to learn it and know that there's a reason to want to learn it. And the problem that Apple had is they had iMovie, which was very accessible. Right. But then you had to make this enormous jump even to To Final Cut. Yeah, it was horrible. To Final Cut Express even. Yeah, yeah. And there was was simply no minimal transition. They were so different. Yeah, there was a minimal transition where, where, whereas, you know, although, although there are not that many Mac users, there are an enormous number of iPad and iPhone users. That's why I'm saying. already what? have I, iMovie. I there. don't know why it's not on the well, because iPad. Because it's not, a, not an appropriate thing to put on there. You can't do in the iPad-style interface what you need to do in Final Cut 10. You, you don't have the, the, the pipes. You don't have the resources. Storage alone is like a crazy, stupid thing until we can bring real-time media from the cloud. Mm. That might eventually happen in three countries in the world, but it's <laughs> <laughs> it won't be here. It won't be here. Well, it certainly won't be Australia. Is what I was thinking. About. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, where a two gigabyte you, two gigabyte a month limit on a, on your on your internet is pretty high. Are you guys? You're worse off than uh, the U.S. Oh hell yeah! Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, standard standard home internet is two gigabytes a month limit. Wow, about it's like what a we, phone. <laughs> about what we pay for officially unlimited here, yeah, which is you know three hundred and fifty or so before anyone throttles mm-hmm. gig. So, wow. yes, yes. So this idea of, of trying to put media into the cloud and bring it back down or edit it or it, story, the storage space is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, in January when I was doing some family history video of footage shooting, I was using an iPad and, I, and an iographer. But I shot in the second trip to Australia, I shot over, uh, let me see, over 256 gigabytes. Wow. Well, 10, 12 interviews, two cameras right. each interview, <laughs> even, even at fairly heavily compressed GoPro, you know, MP4 level. How much storage do you have in your iPad? I have 100, I opted for the 128 gig maximum in the, in the iPad, but then I, that's only for one angle, mm. and it's got to deal with everything else as well, and, that isn't, and the audio is not being included in that. So. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so... so <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a problem. So that's a problem. It, it just, if you look at the way the two, apps, the two in, um, Operating systems are designed, mm-hmm. it, and I'd never say never, but it's not really appropriate for the sort of work that you're doing on Final Cut 10 to be done on an iPad. It just wouldn't be productive. At this point? At this point. Okay. Although, you know, you can start a project on, on iMovie. And move it over, you yeah. You just move iMovie to iMovie on, on the Mac, straight open the same thing, and then go straight into Final Cut 10 from there. So you, you do have a pipe straight from, from the, the iMovie experience. Um, and it wasn't recorded, but uh, Randy Ubilis was at Lassie Pug um, a couple of weeks ago, the last the May meeting, mm-hmm. and talking about personal videos. Mm-hmm. And it makes perfect sense, the whole template 
um, functionality in iMovie, when you think about iMovie, is probably mostly focused on an iPad, on home video, right. sort of stuff. So iMovie with the templates, uh, even on OS X, is so easy because you've got the auto analysis that, that is keyed into the things that the templates are going to ask you for, like two shot, a crowd shot, a wide shot, a close up shot. These are the built into the, the templates with the, the Philharmonic, the London Philharmonic, London Symphony Orchestra recording the, mm-hmm. um, the soundtracks and all of that. So, so rather than encourage people to, if you want to smooth out your workflow, translate between Final Cut Pro 10 and Premiere Pro or even legacy Final Cut Pro or want to synchronize multiple sources at once based on time code or do the sort of reporting that everybody has to do, then head over to assistedediting.com or intelligentassistance.com. Take their home videos and then I'm going to edit this up into the best home video ever. And, of course, how often does that happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, my side trip from Zion National Park, from NAB to Zion National <laughs> Park, from NAB, oh, four years ago, is still not edited. <laughs> Whereas what Randy says is, make the template. You'll have it done on the aircraft coming home. Mm-hmm. And it's two and a half to three minutes, and that's what people will want, care to watch of your vacation, and it's done. Yes, and it that's looks, a good point. And it looks really professional grade, because it's a professionally designed template with great music and... And the limitations of home video sort of disappear into that. Mm-hmm. And I've long advocated that eventually we're going to get to some sort of templaritization for other sorts of production, like wedding videos and, and corporate production. You mean that's not already a template? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, 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 there's a pattern. Certainly. Yeah, there's they, a pattern, yeah. And I've, you know, and people are doing same-day turnarounds on wedding videos. I um, really? saw on Facebook this week. Yep. Wow. Somebody posted up that they'd set, they'd set up for six cameras. Wow. Um, and... My comment was... Do you have a live switcher or something? No. How no. do you do that in a day? Uh, that's, I'm still trying to work out what their workflow is. I've asked yeah. them. They haven't, they haven't responded, so ah. I'm going to ask directly again. But they turn it around for the end of the reception. They have turned around a 12-minute or so piece wow. of the highlights. Pretty, you know, pretty decently edited so that everyone can watch, watch it and take away copies at the end of the day. Wow. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. impressive. That yeah. is impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. Now, that's... You know, that's the sort of direction we're going. That's the sort of thing that people are going to be expecting. This idea of doing a wedding I, video yeah. and delivering it. But I'd love to know what that cost. That would be nice to know. Yeah. yeah. That would be, I mean, you know, you could hire a professional, you know, sports crew and you could do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it would you, cost a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, how do you have six cameras, affordable cameras? We took that back in the back in the day when I started in production. Oh yeah. You could you know, you could afford one camera with Decent quality. If you you know if you hocked yourself or went into debt or mm-hmm. or um, hired it as needed, to have the to have you know four or five or six cameras that have at least the quality of well way better quality than those standard definition cameras that we're paying thirty forty or more thousand for a few years back. The the you know a freaking GoPro will do four K at thirty frames per second. Yeah, but it looks <laughs> like crap. It doesn't. You know. It doesn't look like. A broadcast quality camera or it doesn't look like a one inch sensor on it doesn't on. look as good as my phone you know and it definitely doesn't look as good as uh well because they compress the hell out of it but and it doesn't look as good as um anything that you've got you know a, a decent lens on no no you know, which but, is another you don't have to you know it's 400 bucks you could go to four thousand dollars and get a much 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 you know more than 10 times better image is my point because gopros were, were designed to, they were designed for a purpose but yeah. i don't I, 10 times better image that's uh 
Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, when you get into color correction and you're trying to fix GoPro yeah. footage, there's nothing to fix. I mean, it's, well, you know, it's pretty much what it is, is that's it. You want a little stretch something out? Nope, it's nothing there. Okay. Well, of course, now with this NAB, they've announced the real-time um, broadcast quality streamer, so you can stream it out to a proper recorder. Yeah, well, that they need, but, you know, they're, that's uh, Blackmagic had their little, yeah. you know, which is another better solution, I think. Except for in all of, my, all of the applications I have for my GoPros, they would be a, they would be a much more difficult job. For me to work with, it's, oh, right. it's all about appropriateness. No, I understand, but yeah. you're you're trading off. So, but it's not a cost issue anymore. Which is, you no. know, coming back to the original subject, you know, how are the camera stores adapting when uh, the, that rental, rental model went yeah, away? Yeah, yeah, that uh, you know that I know Panavision, who you know they that's all they did is rent. You couldn't buy a Panavision; they only rented them. Uh, and I, you know, obviously. If you're not shooting film, well, nobody needs a Panavision camera. Yeah. Uh, so you know they bought Lightiron, which yes. is kind of interesting. So I guess they're trying to, you know, reinvent their business in a different area, which is I, Ex- bizarre to me. The thing that's most bizarre about that, and is that Michael Cioni is all has been very, very open about the fact that he believes that the model that is Lightiron, mm-hmm. which is the competition to the heavy iron model that went before it, is in itself doomed in the near future. Yeah. So. Selling to a company that's prepared to buy I know. a business that the guy the, says it's uh, doomed. The guy, yes. the guy who's selling it, it says he's doomed has to be a special kind of, of <laughs> yeah. Go uh, ahead. I don't know, crazy. I guess <laughs> I, I don't really understand it. I you know I'm I'm. It's, I think it's the old hell. We'll merge our way out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, let, let's keep buying companies, and eventually something might stick and keep. Yeah. Uh, speaking speaking of, speaking of avid completing this out of Orange yes. <laughs> in June. Yes. A purchase from a purchase of Orange, sorry. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Remember when they bought Pinnacle? Yeah. A seven hundred fifty million dollar company, Avid, buys a seven hundred fifty million dollar company, Pinnacle, and the next year it's a seven hundred fifty million dollar company. Hmm. Yeah. How does that math work? Yeah. And where's Woo. the? Well, a lot of the Pinnacle products are still there, the, yeah. the server products, but the, the. And then they sold off some of it. I don't know if they got anything for it years ago, but bottom line is immediately the value was halved. And yeah. I, I was like, I, 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 how does yeah. that work? <laughs> and these are all bad adaptions to change. Yes, exactly. Business, you know, well, because they're not adapting, they're grasping at straws is what happens ah. at that point. But isn't that what we're saying? People, That's the inevitable direction that people will go, the easy um, path? Yes, the easy path is where you intend, in, you know, tend, people tend to go. You know? Yeah. Well, because everything follows the path of least resistance, right? So, of course, yes. But, you know, the truly adapting means... You know, banging your head up against the wall, you know, and see if you can get through it. You know? Yeah, and most people are not generally keen to change the way they do things. No, that's true. I'm kind of an anomaly there, is I, I do like change and I do find myself getting bored with stuff after seven or eight years. So I find I, I want to have <laughs> a, a new go at something or go at something new or do something additional uh, to just keep life interesting. Yeah, I have the same problem. Get bored after a while, and it's like, all right, what's next? What's yeah. the next challenge? I yeah. like the challenge, yeah. personally. Yeah. That's challenge. For, I, I live for that part. Whereas I don't think that's typical of most people. I think most people want to go to a job, do some great work, get a decent income from it with a reasonable working environment, and go home back to their family. I don't and mind the going home back to my family part, but the rest of that doesn't sound all that appealing to me, you know? At least with with editing, you're working on a variety of projects. Yes, that's, know, even, that is one of the, the benefits of this industry. It's you may rarely a, the same thing. You may work on a feature film for three, four, six, or twelve months. Yeah, but then the next time round, it's the same sort of work, but it's a different context and it's a different, somewhat 
different group of people. It's a different set of challenges. Even features, it's kind of that would that you know that's too boring for me too. I, that's such a long span that it's kind of like yeah, you know. If you're doing your own, it's a yeah. different thing too. I mean, the part of the you know. I think we've talked before about, you know, there's two different personality types. There's one that lends itself to doing um, offline type work, which is, you know, decision making and then having a bunch of people piss all over those decisions and tell you to change everything and and go away from what you believed it should be. And then there's the finishing world where you're taking, you know, whatever they've got and making it look better. I personally do not have the disposition for the offline being (laughs) pissed on. And in the online, I'm always the hero because I've made their project look better. So... There's other people who per- much prefer the offline side of it, and I just—it's—it's it's frustrating to me when you've beaten yourself up and you've done the best you can, and you go, "My God, look at this really cool thing!" And now you have to show it to the people who feel compelled to have to piss on it for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, I don't have the personality for that. Of course, change, these changes all require additional learning too. Mm-hmm. So if you're not prepared to keep learning, and it, which means that you've got to prepare to be to suck at something. Well, that's true. Because yeah. if you if you're not prepared to suck at something, if you're not prepared to fail, if you're not prepared to to be absolute, mm-hmm. you know, completely bad at this, then you'll go through that stage. I mean, there was a time when I didn't know what XML was. Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> oh my, you know, I there was a time I didn't know anything about you know networking and and yeah. IT stuff. And yeah. Now I know more than I ever wanted to know. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I even know what DNS stands for. Yeah. <laughs> really useless information, yeah, you know, yeah. but. I had to. I had to learn it. Complementing the idea of learning new stuff is you've got to be prepared to unlearn. Yeah, that's the hard part: is freeing up space. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I wish it would actually free up space. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah, or change. I mean, that's yeah. If you're the type that gets locked into a way, I mean, that's that's your. What we were, you were talking about earlier is the editor who doesn't want to get into the nonlinear because you know this is how it works in film. This is how you do yeah, it. You know, yeah. you're cutting the pieces of film together and da 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 da. And there's nothing yeah. quite. There's nothing that can replace the tactile feel of touching the film. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably yeah. there's not. But yeah. business is moving on. You're yeah, not going to exactly. have that opportunity. So yeah. what are you going to do if that's if that's where you think your skill set has to go? Then become a neg cutter and yeah. ride the little bit left out. I guess. I'm not, yeah, I'm just I don't know. Gone already. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so yeah. So but so I guess the the real question then is how? Well, let me ask you this. In hindsight, what could you have done? to prevent the one-day change in your business when Final Cut Ten came out? We could have done absolutely nothing. Uh, I don't, uh, other than have a different business at the time, which we didn't have. Mm-hmm. There, it was one of those circumstances that we had absolutely no control over. Yeah, but I mean, could you, well, A would be if you could get Intel, of course, which with Apple is damn near impossible. Yeah. Uh, it would be nice to know ahead of time that that's going to happen. But well, we did. we did know that there was a, there was a new version of Final Cut out there. Right. Um, Just not heard, what it was going to do. Had heard from somebody that there was no XML import or export in the first version. Mm. Uh, so mm. <laughs> it was like, okay, that's not particularly encouraging. Hopefully yeah. they'll get to that. But And um, and they did relatively quickly. I mean, proving that the ecosystem around it is, is somewhat important. important. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't think there is. I think it's at times you simply have How about stuff. diversification then? As well, another. The, yeah. But you don't have the resources to be well well diversified in a bunch of different programs. No, and isn't Greg. that, isn't that, isn't that <laughs> the, the the concept that that you know Avid are trying to do and um, 
Panavision are trying to do. They're trying to diversify their way out of, out of the dilemma that they've got. By, yeah, by, so it's know, smart diversification, I guess, would be the... Yeah. You could say that Abbott's still in existence because they are diversified. It was, if all, all of their money was just media composer, they'd be gone already. That's true, yeah. You know, it's storage and Pro Tools and other, you know, those are different areas that all kind of feed, so... Um, that's a form of diversification. You know, if, like now you have more apps that are varied enough that you probably could lose one and it wouldn't make an impact. No, no, probably. But, but at that point, and so that, I mean, I guess the lesson to learn from that is to try to, you know, have as many, you know, income streams as possible. I mean, we here have, you know, there's been times when digital service station is what makes the money and then there's times when audio is what makes yeah. the money and there's so you know i mean generally it's just sort of all over the place but there are times when one really shines over another and if we didn't have it if yeah. we didn't have those different areas yeah. we'd be hurting you know so it's it's any way that you can diversify is really important to help you get past those times you know the unforeseen disaster areas which isn't really about the surviving that's about or i mean that's not about changing I guess that's just about general business. So the the change question comes about again. How do you how, how could somebody who's not used to that force themselves to do it? Uh, yeah, maybe forcing yourself to just say today I'm going to go try something completely different that I've never well like you did with singing. Yeah, you yeah. know I'm going to go do something that I've <laughs> never done before that I'm going to terrified suck, of <laughs> terrified of that I'm going to suck at for a good period of time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Boom. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is also just keeping your brain plastic too and adaptable. So continuing to do new things keeps you able to do new things and adapt to change. It's when you stop adapting to change. What's the cliche about middle age is when your, your broad mind and narrow waist swap places. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we need to keep open to, 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 to the change. Mm-hmm. And I never want to hear myself say, no, we can't do it that way because that's the way it's always been done. Or, oh, right, all, yes. You know, if, if, ever, if ever you catch me doing that, slap yeah. me around the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be, that, that is the bad way. I don't think any successful entrepreneur ever thinks that way, though. No, but I think a lot of relatively successful employees think that way. They, they think that they, they have a skill set and it's going to continue to be valuable. Oh, yes. Well, and we're... We're hitting up, we're bucking up against that in our industry. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting, amusing to me, maybe even, uh, how many, you know, it's like on the various forums and lists that I'm on, people will keep posting up these, you know, the latest Craigslist ad or whatever yeah, for yeah. an editor where it's, you know, it's like this insane amount of work and we'll pay you $10, you know, and they get applications. Yeah. I mean, they get people to do the job, you know, and so, but all the editors who are established are going, can you believe this? What the hell? And a lot of those editors are complaining about they don't you know have enough work and da da da. I mean, it's a changing thing, you know. Yeah. It's you know if you're not working on the next Marvel movie, you know, or yeah. uh, um, or Game of Thrones, then you're you know maybe yeah. you know there's a lot of competition out there for you, yes. and they're willing yeah. to work for an awful lot less. And yeah. the tool sets are becoming more and more available. And yeah, interesting time. It's a curse. Yes, yes <laughs> like you live in interesting times. It is. It it is a curse. And I mean, nobody has the luxury of not of not changing, right? You know, if you don't change, if you say, "Well, my skills are in Final Cut 7. Oh yeah, you're toast. Yeah, yeah. You still you can still work today. Mm-hmm. Um, surprising, resi- surprisingly I, resilient. That app. <laughs> I, we still get so many projects coming in that are offline in Final Cut Seven. It just amazes me. Though so it's it's starting to be less, and we've gotten a couple of premieres. You know? Yeah. And uh, so that's a little bit of pickup. And we've had a couple Final Cut 10s. 
Um, but yeah, can we still, in a lot of, you know, it, it, one thing is if the project was started, you know, like a lot of documentaries or low budget films yeah, stuff yeah. started years ago, you know, when they started in Vinyl Got 7, it made sense, you know, and, and then you can't change really. So you just got to write it out to the end. I think, um, I think we're getting close technically to where Final Cut Seven is not going to be anybody's choice anymore because well, uh, there's no. It's been how many? What four, four years? I guess since yeah. there's no support for it. So there's, anything that's been developed in the last four years isn't in there. Any codec that's been developed in the last four years is oh. probably not supported, right? Greg tells me that El Capitan, the next OS ten, officially doesn't include GT Kit. Uh oh. Which is which is the sixty four bit version of QuickTime. Now he's installed it. Installed the beta onto an external drive for safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smart. <laughs> Very smart. Uh, and and apparently it is still there, but it's officially gone. Oh wow! Oh, so it's like QuickTime Pro Seven or QuickTime Seven? Well, QuickTime Quick, Pro, QuickTime Cutie Kit. Uh, yeah, but I mean, QuickTime Pro has been but, not supported for forever, but you could still install it. Yeah, and that's based on the C API, so that's actually a level below Cutie Kit. Cutie Kit was the modern replacement for the, the classic QuickTime that mm-hmm. started out and then got dropped when when. They, they were developing a lightweight framework for the, the uh, portable devices. And the Core Media, maybe Foundation on top of that. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that ultimately that that was coming back to the Mac, and it did. And that's what they're the technologies that Final Cut 10 was built on. And now that iMovie is built on, because iMovie now is just simply Final Cut 10 with a few features removed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's inevitable that, that the QuickTime will fade away. And once it does, then, then Final Cut 7 is going to stop working on newer platforms. That doesn't mean you can't lock away a you know, Mac Tower and run Final Cut 7 for another five years on that, as long as you, well, as long right. as you have control over your workflow and getting everything from, a, from right. a, a heavy iron or a light iron in ProRes, then you, you're okay. It'll work fine. But if you're trying to do anything with, with modern long GOP codecs or you don't want to transcode everything before you start working, well, then it's not a good platform for that at all. In fact, I'll say it again. The only bad platform now is a 32-bit platform. So if you're on a 32-bit <laughs> platform of any kind, yeah. <laughs> it's time to move off that platform. And I don't care whether you're talking old versions of Premiere, old versions of Final Cut, old versions of Media Composer, it is time to move on from yes. 32-bit applications. Yep, 32-bit is uh, very limited. Adapt, modify, <laughs> move forward. <laughs> because you will, if you don't voluntarily adapt, you will be forced to adapt in a ways that you don't necessarily like. That's true. Yeah. I was once asked on a, on a podcast whether, um, whether I ever felt that the world was <laughs> you know, out to get me, that the world was oh, stack, gang, ganging, up against, ganging up against me in business. And, and I, I iterated that, no, I've never, I've never felt that. And then a little later came on in the discussion, came up about the, the Final Cut 10 announcement and, and the host sort of said, well, didn't you feel that you know, Apple was against you? It was like, no, they no don't it care. Was just, it's just part of the circumstances, part of what right. happens, the change happens. You adapt to the change and say, "All right, where are the opportunities now?" Right, you know, or you a, die, or you die. Yeah. In, a, in a world where you know cameras are cheap and you can't get as much to rent your gear as you once did, then how do you adapt? If you've got a rental model and people are buying, how do you adapt? You have to keep finding ways to find the new opportunities. Right, you know, if if people aren't buying production skills anymore and Unfortunately, I think a lot of people foolishly pitch that they had XYZ technology rather than, I can tell a story with video mm. or I can make your finished project look great, mm-hmm. you know, the skill set as opposed to the tool set. Right. 
And people who are pushing their, their tool set rather than their skill set have found it difficult to make the adjustments. I think people who are pushing their skill set just simply have to adjust to new tools or a new way of working with those tool sets. You know, a visual storyteller is a visual storyteller regardless of whether right, they're, right. they're telling certain types of stories. Yeah, all, all of our changes have been behind the scenes because yeah. it's the tool that the client doesn't see that part. You know, All they know is they come in and it looks better when they leave. Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds better. Exactly. Yeah, it's, that's all they care about. Right. So adapt or die, but you don't have you don't often have the luxury. You don't always have the luxury of choosing how and when you'll adapt. Sometimes these these situations are forced on us by external circumstances, and all that we have um, is our response. And in those cases, be diversified if you can be. Yeah. But then you end up being a, a jack of all trades and master of none. This is it's a, again a, an interesting balance. Well, I like to I like to compare it to say farming. You know, let's say you're a farmer and you plant only corn. Yeah. If it's a you know a drought year or if some bug comes through or whatever, you're completely wiped out. But if you plant maybe a quarter of the field's corn and a quarter of the field are beans and you know what another, so you have that you're diversified. And if something comes through that wipes out the corn, you've only lost a percentage, yeah. not the whole thing. That's what I mean by diversifying. I don't mean you have to do something yeah. completely. You don't have to be a farmer and an auto mechanic on the <laughs> side. But as a farmer, you know how can you diversify so that if any part of your business gets hammered, you're well, still okay. Yeah, if, you're, if you're an independent, you know, editor for hire, then knowing all of the platforms that people yes, might hire you for is a good point. Yeah. Is you know, whereas I'm an avid editor, is freaks me out because yeah. I can understand historically why know, that came about. But <laughs> I know. Even, even Walter Wisgardi sort of yeah. posted this week about if you define yourself by a brand name, yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. But see, there's an example. So you're not a jack of all trades. You're still editing, but yeah. you can edit on anything under any circumstances. You know, it, oh, it's also good to be able to edit any kind of yeah, you know, media. Don't get pigeonholed into oh, I only do. You know, corporate videos. Yeah, I only do horror movies or whatever. Then that's not good either because things go in cycles. Yes, they do. I don't. I I don't cut reality. It's beneath me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What a pity. But I'm so unemployed. Right. Yeah. There's probably <laughs> cumulatively there's probably more money being spent on editors and reality TV now than all the other put together. I would bet. And there's probably more money spent on editors outside television than it's been spent on probably, all, yeah. all the production yeah. inside television. Yeah, so. probably. The world will continue to change, people. Adapt. Adapt or die. Thanks for listening. You need to get files into your edit system, or you need to get a file out of your edit system, or maybe you need to go out to tape for delivery. In any case, check out digitalservicestation.com.